are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We just wanted to say we hope you are staying safe and indoors. You know, this is a very trying time for all of us collectively and individually. So we'll be here as always to put out as much thoughtful and authentic content as we possibly can. Um, As you know, we are going through this as well, but also wanting to make sure that we're still here to a space for you guys to hopefully get some healing and maybe some more understanding. Thank you guys so much for listening. Much love. Please accept our, our apologies for being MIA, but we're back and we're not going anywhere. In fact, we could be creating more content with all of our time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, let's do it. What's going on? Let's do it. So episode coronavirus. (laughs) Corona coping. Yeah. Corona coping. Um, You were going to say something before we started recording. Why don't you talk about that since it's fresh on your mind? I literally just lost my thought. But why don't we start with um, like things people can do to be like, I, I don't know, the first thing I thought of when I, when I, when all of this stuff happened, I don't know why was to like cancel all my unnecessary subscriptions to save some money. So I canceled like, I had like everything like Google Play, Hulu, Netflix, yada, yada, yada. And I canceled all that shit. Did you do that? No. Why? So, okay. So I'm one. I might, I might be offensive to people right now during this time, but I'm in a very abundant mindset right now. And I think it's, well, maybe, maybe you should rethink about saying that. Wait till the end of the podcast and see how offensive I am. Okay. <laughs> or insensitive. Maybe insensitive is the word. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more in an abundant state mindset right now and I think it's because like if you listen to our breakdown to breakthrough episode or I'm not sure what you called it but the episode when we're talking a lot about the caterpillar process I uh, had an experience where I was in deep fear and survival um, for like probably 45 days and I was like fully in trauma and I came out of that and I'm that was a bit of a gift because it's really prepared me for this time. And I, I'm, I am feeling so surrendered. So my mindset I'm noticing is a little bit more abundant versus scarcity based. But do you think um, conserving, conserving is, is scarcity though? Uh, yeah, it absolutely can be, but it also can be something that is conscientious and responsible. So the way that you described it was like, I quickly went and I, I canceled all my subscriptions. Like that element of urgency. 
I think my head, it wasn't really urgent. I just was like thinking about all the extra crap that I pay for that I don't even Yeah, need. yeah. So we, this is, this is such a great time to take inventory of and reorganize our priorities. So that is not, that doesn't have to be coming from a place of scarcity. You can do that in a very abundant state. And I definitely am doing that. But it's not like a mass cancellation of all my subscriptions. It's more of like, a, you know, refining my priorities, right? Um, I, uh, I have the... Yeah, I have the privilege of my abundance mindset right now. I have many privileges that I have a, a safe space to self-isolate in. That's a huge privilege. Yeah. Think of all the people that don't have a safe space. Think about people who live with abusers, you know? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a massive privilege. I have the privilege of not living in a big city. I live like in wilderness basically so um i also uh i have some savings too um and i also have the privilege of having most of my work online so you know there's things that have are happening in my life that are making this time a little bit easier for me um but i think the biggest privilege that i have right now is my mindset and my mindset is not one that is like guided by fear. So for me, it just tells me that I really need to be like a place for people who are not in that mindset to get like clear information. So that's, that's my, um, goal right now. That's like how I want to be of service is I don't want to add to people's fear. I just want to kind of be in that place of abundance and, and be that source for people who maybe can't tap into that. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, so I don't, I'm not being insensitive. I'm just, I'm wanting to be more like light and solution oriented in some of the messaging that I'm giving, especially when I'm giving talks around finance. Um, I think for me, just what came up, um, of course you get panicked, especially, but I mean, I was totally, I was more elevated in panic because I just flew from oh, yeah. to Toronto. <laughs> Um, while all of the, like, it was like the few days that like all the news was really coming out. So that elevated my fear. And I also have not been doing my meditation practices as I normally would. But what did come up for me in terms of like, just my finances was, was kind of both. So I had like exactly what you're thinking. I'm like, thank God I have savings. Thank God I yeah. really like buckled down in the last few years and like saved a lot of my money. Um, and I am same thing. Have, I, do, I do have access to being able to work online, although a lot of my work isn't online at the same time. Like I kind of have yeah. both, but I was also like looking at, um, a lot of the places I do spend money and where I spend it, where I don't even fucking use what I need. So like my overconsumption was, yes, became very, um, yeah clear to me, even if like I, I use the subscriptions as an example, because it's like, I have 10 and I use one. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it just made me think about like how many other areas in my life am I doing that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I kind of knew that before, but I didn't care because we're working and making money. It's like, whatever. Um, so that was like another part of it that yeah. I, like, I don't need all of this stuff. It's like, and I think the way, yeah, the way you're talking about it now is exactly like where you want to be at. 
you know, you, you want to be, you don't want to be like running and canceling everything without being mindful about it. But you definitely, like I said, want to use this time as inventory of collecting inventory for where you are over consuming. The gift of this time is we get to reorganize what we, our priorities based on what we actually value. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. And I think it's smart. It's so smart to do that. I had a client cancel on me um, this week. Um, and she said, you know, during this time, I just don't think like um, figuring out my budget and finances makes sense because there's so much uncertainty. And it's like, no, this is the time when you need to figure out your finances and you need to budget. Yeah. But w let's not do this from a place of fear because guess what? You're, you're not going to get anything done. That's productive. Yeah. Um, well, that's not true actually. Cause fear can really put you into a pr production state. Um, and it can help you get things done. But like, is, are you making the most rational decisions for the, the situation? Yeah, totally. Uh I don't know. This is just my experience. And I can only speak from that. It's like, I was thinking about this in the last few months and it just really came um, like to the surface when this happened, I was thinking about when I moved into my apartment and buying all these things to like get my space cozy and nice, which I think is important, but also maybe buying some stuff I didn't need at the same time, just cause I was anxious. And I'm like, I just want to like, you know, you just want to soothe yourself by buying shit. Yeah. Um, but also what was going through my mind a lot was like, we, I just have so much stuff I really, really don't need. And yeah. <laughs> now I've flown here from LA to Toronto and I literally only have my carry on and I have nothing else. Everything else is there in California. Like my You didn't car, pack a bigger bag? No. Cause I wasn't Why? feeling well. So I just was like throwing shit in a bag and I'm like, I'm out of here. I wasn't, I had vertigo. So I couldn't, when you have vertigo, you can't concentrate very well. Yeah, so I was packing. I just packed like my essential stuff. I didn't pack like a big suitcase because I kept to think about that more. And I was like, I couldn't do it in that, in that moment. So I just packed my carry on and I literally left everything in LA. So you brought your four black t-shirts instead of your 12 black t-shirts? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just brought like my, my computer and like whatever. Like I literally brought nothing. Wow. And, I've been and how is that feeling? It, it really makes me reflect on like how much stuff I have that I really don't fucking need. Yeah. That's what comes up for me. Like, it's not in a negative way. It's just like, I, like, I think that we think that we need so much more than we do. That's really apparent to me right now. Like you yeah. want to be comfortable and you want to be cozy, but we just need, we think we need way more than we do in this life. And I have a few other friends that have flown home. Um, actually uh, quite a number of friends that have flown home that were just like living abroad from different places that have come back to Canada that have said the same thing. It's just like I left literally my whole life in this other place, but I'm still fine. <laughs> I just have yes, my Yes, you're still just, fine. Yeah, it's just been like, I mean, we're also not going out and doing all the things that we usually do. So that's why you don't need as much, but also it still makes it much more clear to me. Like, I don't know how much like I re we rely on like this outside stuff and these outside things to like, make us feel like i don't know like almost like whole as humans yeah so you know what i um i think that the in this time 
time, you're either going to come out of this time, which we are, um, we're going to come out of this time. Things may be different or they may be the same when we come out, but we will get through this. Um, and you're going to come out of it and you might have, you might come out with a mindset. Wow. I believed all the lies that consumerism told me that I needed all this shit to be whole. Right. And then I realized when I went within, um, I already had everything I needed and I actually found ways to regulate and soothe myself that had nothing to do with accumulating stuff, buying things, right? Um, and consuming. So I, I see that that was a lie. Consumerism was a lie. You might come out of this like that. That's my dream for all of you as a financial teacher. Then I think it'll teacher. make the other side of things even worse. Yes. Or you, may come, you might come out of it like, I'm so deprived. I need to go spend. I need to go buy. I need to go consume. And what do you think the difference is going to be between the two people? What, what do you think is going to make someone come out saying, I see the lie of consumerism? I you know what I think it is? I can is? only see it for myself at this point. Well, you know why you can see that with clarity is because you have a practice of going inward, right? You have a practice of knowing what it's like to sit alone with the thoughts and being able to sit in that. And I think this is why tools like meditation, um, connecting with breath, finding ways to like regulate and soothe that don't have anything to do with consuming and just noticing your survival within that experience, your survival and your, th not just surviving, but also your thriving when you get to have a beautiful experience of meditation or going inward or sitting alone or reading or something like that. If you, if you can um, survive and thrive through that, then you're going to be able to have the insight and the depth to see that, you know, to not believe the myth of consumerism. If you don't use this time to, to do that inner work with yourself, to um, go inward, then I think you're more likely to feel so deprived that you need to go out at the end and consume. So also I think what's important to talk about is like, maybe you don't have, the space to do that inner work right now because yeah. you don't have any money and you don't know how you're going to pay your rent next month. But yes. I think that, um, because it's easy to say like, go like to do the inner work when you're like, literally don't know how you're going to live. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's like, this is the time that you have to ask for help, which is really yeah. hard for a lot of us to do. And like, we don't know what that's going to look like. We're still waiting for some answers from like our government and whoever, but it's like, sometimes you might have to ask for help from people that live next door to you or like yeah. family that you haven't spoken to. Like it's going to push you to, the, totally. to, to those things that are really confronting is what I'm pointing to. Yeah. So to be able to go inward and meditate is also a form of privilege because um, when you are in such a state of fear, when you're in that trauma place, 
You can't. You sometimes it. have no access to that. Yeah. And I mentioned this on that episode. Like nature for me is so healing, and I have such a deep appreciation for nature. And when I was in that dark place, I remember I said I'd see the mountains. I'd be like, "You fucking mountains! I hate you!" <laughs> right? You just have no ability to tap into the things that are actually good for your soul. So what do you do in that moment is ask for help and connect. And even like small little things, they say like esteemable action leads to self-esteem. Like what can you do in the moment to move forward? What can you do? What? No, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was oh. just no go ahead I was just thinking about this exact thing because before I flew in there was three weeks okay so I was in Toronto for a few days for some work and then I flew back for three weeks and the entire time that I was home that I was in LA I was ill like I was sick every single day I was not feeling well I was in a horrible state like I then it was making me depressed because I just couldn't do anything so I didn't have like I literally would sit there and try to meditate and I felt like what you were describing a few episodes ago like I was my body was like fuck you I hate spirituality I don't want to deal with this like I whatever spirituality is I don't want to deal with myself I just like fuck all of this yeah like sometimes like it's okay to be scared right now and it's okay to be in those states is what I wanted to say it's like yeah be in those shitty places maybe the only thing you can do at that point is fucking sleep yeah maybe that's medicine right now But that's, yeah, exactly. And that, this is the lie that consumerism tells us is we're not supposed to experience pain. And maybe your job right now is to sit in your pain and fear. Maybe, maybe what you need right now is this breakdown, this rock bottom emotional feeling like, and you know, uh, one of my teachers, Tommy Rosen, he says that the rock bottom uh, you get to experience the gift of desperation, mm-hmm. aka God. God. What is God? God is a deep surrendering where you can finally tell the truth, right? To say, and the truth sometimes looks like, listen, I can't pay my rent and I can't wait to the government to announce April whenever about what, how they're going to help freelancers and small business owners. I need help. This is my truth. And, you know, I am like, as a financial teacher, this time's so painful, but I really see the bliss and the silver lining in this because what's coming to the surface is how many people live in financial distress? How many people are a week of, of income, loss of income, or two weeks or a month loss of income from completely like shit hitting the fan and not being able to afford anything? That's an issue. That is, that is a more important issue than COVID-19, right? Yeah, I mean... It's, I think there's so just, what, what, what makes me, what, what it makes me think of when you say that too, though, is also like, I, I don't know if this is correct or not, but what I've been feeling is that all the prices for things are dropping and the gas is dropping. This is dropping. There's, there's a bunch of things that are dropping. It also just puts a highlight on like how inflated it is to fucking be a human and live. Yeah. Like it's like things don't need to cost this much because if they did, then they would be saying the same price right now, wouldn't they? Like, it's just like, it's just, that's how I've been feeling a lot lately. Yeah. Too. We're all fighting to like, 
pay our bills and pay and pay all these things. But it's also like, I don't know. I feel like it's just like this release now. Like it's so unsustainable. Like our lives are so unsustainable. And so it is. And yeah. And this is the, the world that we live in. This is the, the real issue. This is the real epidemic is people's um, relationship with their finances. And when I say relationship with their finances, it's that like living a life that is not sustainable because we feel like we have to, to keep up with the Joneses or we're addicting to overspending because we can't sit in our pain for a, a second. And then, so that's the individual level, but on a societal level and a systemic level, the systems are set up in a way that encourage this type of behavior. Like I can't tell you how many businesses I read about that are like, we have to shut our doors permanently because this is basically like ruined us. It's like your business is that sensitive to a few weeks of no, of no money coming in. Like it's just so bizarre from like a cash flow management standpoint. Right. And that it to me is the real issue. That's the real concern that we have, like we have to rely on these like bailouts in these times. Cause we can't handle like, what about, what about if you lost your job as an individual, not in this time? Mm-hmm. You know, like that would be seriously painful. The gift of this time is there's like so much help out there. And we, all, we almost have more permission to be honest and tell the truth and be like, hey, I'm suffering financially. It's like, oh, you are too? Me too. Yeah. Like, God, that feels good to tell the truth. Now, how can we change this situation? Yeah. You know, so I don't know, like there's, I, I was saying, I did this talk last week and I was saying, you know, it's, it's just like, if you're having financial issues right now, it's so hard what you're going through. It's so hard. Um, and I hope that this is the cost that we're paying, for, we're going to pay for some serious change. Yeah right? Like individually, like what, how can I take responsibility for the way that I've been managing my finances? Because we all have to individually take some responsibility, right? And then also on a systemic level. I think, I think what I've been kind of like, I mean, I don't know if this is switching gears at all, but another thought that's come to me is like, everyone's like, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. normal. I'm like, that's the last thing I want is for yeah. it to go back to fucking normal. Yeah. Like if this doesn't point to all of the things that need to change, I don't yeah. know what the fuck does. Yeah. Attitudes totally. about it and and it's there's just so many fucking layers. Yeah. About what's coming to the surface during all of this? Yeah. Like, I don't want things to go back to fucking normal. Things need no. to change individually, collectively, everywhere. Yeah. And I totally like putting agree. a fucking highlighter on it, I don't know what what what, what will. Yeah. Also for me like made me think about like you know just like my drive and wanting to like always be like what's next and da, 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 da. and I feel like we're all like that to a certain degree it's like made me really rethink that other side of my brain that's always been there being like I just kind of want like a simple life and to like help people and make change and like I don't need all of the frivolous shit I want to yeah. travel and do all the fun stuff but I also am like I don't need to I don't need to like be constantly striving to like get rich yeah Agreed. And that's, like I said, it's an, it's an opportunity to reorganize our values. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, 
I kind of want to talk a little bit about like more of the financial aspect. Um, so, uh, I think it's, it's incredibly important for all of us to take some responsibility and do some inventory on how much, how much uh, we are in fear versus how much we are in our rational thought. Um, I think this is really important because there's a lot of people out there who have lost their jobs. Um, there's a lot of people out there who don't have savings. And there's people out there who, uh, you know, they, they're seeing a decrease in income. I think it's important to not look at our individual situations in like this blanket, blanket panic way and be like, oh my God, I'm really scared. My income's dropped slightly. What am I going to do? And then kind of put yourself at the top of the line for need of support right? And that's what fear does. So if the masses are in a state of fear, and they're going after all the support, um, it's going to be very challenging for people who actually need that support to get through, right? To get it, to get access to it. So doing inventory on where we're really at is, I think, a crucial first step if you feel any fear around your finances. Like how serious is this? Okay. So one, what am I in a state of fear? And, you know, I was listening to Dr. Gabor Mate and he said the interesting thing about this is time. It's really highlighting how many people have trauma because people who have um, trauma, they, from the past, when something like this happens, their amygdala gets activated just like way quicker. And we just kind of fall back into our traumatic state. So he's saying that a lot of the fear and feelings that we have right now were actually existed before this time. It's just, this is like an excuse and a reason to like bring this out and, and to feel it. Right. So if you're, if you're deeply feeling a sense of like fear about survival or like, am I going to be homeless, even though that's not quite your reality, that's something for you to look at and potentially doing some healing around like where, where is this coming from? Where is this, this thought that like, just because you're hearing in the media that people are losing jobs and incomes going down and maybe you're not impacted by that, but you're, you're taking on, you know, the same emotional feelings that you might be impacted by that. Like, where is this coming from? Right. Or even let's say you do lose your job, your income goes down. Um, not like losing jo a job that's pretty severe. If you lose your job, you lose ability to access income in this time and you're completely cut off. That's pretty severe. That's a, like a worst case scenario. But um, to all the people that are out there that are seeing a decrease, um, is this a question of survival for you? And is, are you reacting in a way that's, that is like, I, I will survive or I will not survive, right? So if it's not a question of survival, what is it going to do for you? It's going to impact your level of comfort. And, you know, things may not be as comfortable for you. And again, back to the myth of consumerism, we are taught in the society that we live in that we have to be comfortable all the time. 
And if there's discomfort, that's not okay, right? So, you know, Bianca, you talked a little bit about like your income going down and you have to relook at everything and decide not to consume as much. So things might not be as comfortable. So you don't have like five different streaming options for entertainment. You now have one, right? You know what I mean? Not as comfortable, but are you homeless? No. You know what I mean? So it's like really putting the reality of situation of the situation into perspective. Like we all have the responsibility to do that inventory for ourselves. That requires us looking at our finances for the next couple months, seeing where we're at, seeing where we really need to start um, asking for help or where we don't, where we can manage our discomfort. Because if we do that, that's going to give more room for the people that really need to, the help to get through. So one thing that is um, one of the ways that people can get help right now is mortgage deferrals, or some of the banks are deferring um, uh, payments on student loans and other credit vehicles. Yeah, but well, don't those payments, what I've read is that even if you defer some of your payments, that still does affect your credit because it's looked at as a mispayment. Yeah, so right now the credit score algorithms are set up in that way, but I guarantee you that Equifax and TransUnion are probably going to look at doing something to, to go back and like waive this time as far as payment history reporting goes, right? Yeah, they have to because... Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is like people hear like credit score, like, oh, my credit score is impacted. It's not, it's not so black and white. You know, if you, if you, if your credit score went down because you deferred payments for two months and then you wanted to go get a loan and they're like the lender in like a year is like, but these two months you missed two payments, your credit score is lower. You could be like COVID-19 bitch, like, you know, <laughs> and they're going to be like, okay, I understand. That makes sense. That's a reasonable, um, that's reasonable. Right. So again, that is very much like if you read that somewhere, don't defer your payments because your credit score might decrease. Like this is like fear-based content. You know what I mean? If you need to defer, who cares about your credit score? If you need to defer because you don't have income, who cares? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyways, that what I was saying is like some of the lenders who have offered these deferral options Try and call them. Their phone lines are crazy. Oh, I did try to call for my car insurance. Can't get through. You can't get through. And up on here. Yeah, and this is this is the thing is like people who are in a state of desperation are not able to get through. So I think we all have a responsibility to to actually look at our finances. And the reason why I'm saying this is I know how many people have no idea about the details of their finances. They don't know how much money they spend every month. They probably know how much they bring in. They just don't know how much they spend. So everyone, if you don't, go out and get a budget and look at the next three months and plan out your expenses and your income, okay? Then see where you're at. Then you can rationally see how much support you need, right? Yeah. Um, so, because the subsidy programs that exist, they're not meant to keep you at the comfort level that you live at right now. They're meant for your survival. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so that's kind of one thing I just wanted to say. The next, I want to talk about it on this, the level of small business. So there's a lot of talk out there about like supporting small businesses. But on the flip side is so many small businesses, primarily people who offer services online or people who had businesses but are trying to stay relevant by doing things online are giving away so much for free. And if all of my competitors are giving away all their offerings for free, what does that do to the value of my offering if I want to charge for it? Do you see the domino effect of like how that impacts small businesses? So I'm just like asking everyone, if you want to be of service, implement a financial assistance program for people that need it. Maybe give one offering for free, but continue to operate your business. It might be slower, but there are people out there spending money. And if you just do this blanket, everything's free, you know, it's going to devalue. Um, devalue what people are offering, right? We we're talking about this, Bianca, like you're offering free meditation with the option for donation, but then you're going to offer other things that will have a cost to it. Yeah. I think it needs to be a balance. I think like, I, like I said, I can only speak about what we're doing. It's like, I wanted to do this genuinely because I think that collectively we need it. And like the reason yeah. I started our brand is because we wanted to create a community. Yeah. So like, this is the time like for us not to just go away and worry about our own problems, it's the time to come together. So I was like, yeah. that, that's specifically why I did it. And I got other teachers to come on so we can all carry some of our own weight and just give back a little bit. Do I think that that's sustainable to do it forever? And just, no, <laughs> like, yeah. Is. So I do think that it's a balance of like, if you truly want to give back, do it. First of all, don't do it just because everybody else is doing it. I don't think that there's any, any uh, integrity in doing that if you really don't feel like doing it and you're dying right now and you don't feel like fucking doing anything, don't. But I also think you have to balance it out by like, yeah, we should be supporting small businesses. And the only way to do that is like by paying them. Yeah. Right. So it does definitely have to be a balance and that's going to look different for everybody. I don't, I mean, we're again, I think it's just like, we've only been in this for such a short period of time. Like we're just at the beginning of like being on isolation, for instance. Yeah. You don't know what this is going to fucking look like in a month. No, you only exactly. do what you can do one day at a time. And that's the way I've been trying to think about it and work throughout my days. It's like, I'm just going to think about today. Yeah. What I need to do today, because I can't think about the fact that we might be on quarantine till June. Like what the, what the, we're not in fucking April yet. Like I need to think about just today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Totally. I think what you said about like, um, don't do it because everyone else is doing it is so important. And I think in social media, I'm, I now call it shame media. Um, because I think there's this, like, we really, um, get pulled into like the in group out group bias. Like, um, I need to publicly show that I'm part of this group and if I don't, people I will assume I'm part of that group, which is not good, right? So it's like, I want to make sure that I'm doing the thing that feels the most righteous or looks the most righteous. And if I don't go out and do it, then I'll be, maybe people will think that I'm not part of that group. And I think that happens a lot of on social media. And I think there's a lot of like peer 
like um, passive peer shame that happens. You know, um, I actually saw, so I love that company Seed that does the prebiotics and I've used them before. It's such a good product. And I think like gut health and, you know, um, everything that Seed is doing around their product is is at this is really like powerful and healing our trauma and like working with our addictions like huge fan but today they put out a post saying we're stopping all of our ads um we're not running ads during this time because you know we've seen other companies who sell wellness products claiming that their products are good for the immune system, even though they're not researched in uh, connection with COVID-19. So we're stopping ads. And it was this very like righteous kind of shaming post. Oh, get me started with the fucking righteousness right now. Yeah, yes. And this, and this righteousness, like, um, you know, posting on social media it creates shame in it for a lot of other people. So I'm what reading this. What righteous about, about right now? We, nobody knows the answers. Nobody. Exactly, exactly. Like, what, so, like, I don't understand what it is that it, there, there is to be so fucking righteous about. Exactly. I, we were talking yeah. about this before we got on the call about like uh, a company doing a post that's like, I'm all zoomed out. Like they were like, I have a Zoom hangover. I did this whole article about how Zoom were, 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 they're just so over being on zoom and like connecting with people is making them exhausted. Okay. So then don't do it. Like I don't <laughs> understand the mindset. Like this is actually helping a lot of people still be able to keep their business afloat and connect and yeah. do things. It's like, you're not, you're not fucking tired of being on zoom. You're tired of drinking on zoom, honey. You're not hung over <laughs> from zoom. You're hung over from drinking. Like there's a difference. Like it's like, <laughs> if you're tired of partying then stop partying, like, yeah. I don't think that there's any way, right way for everybody to deal with this. Some people are going to be super productive and we're going to see some amazing things come out of this. Other people are not. You can't yeah. tell people how to feel in this kind of situation right now. Like it's just yeah. do what you got to do to get through each and every day. Like yeah. that's all that I could say. It's like, and that looks different for everybody. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's own individual experiences and traumas will impact the way they show up in this situation. Right. So like for me, I have, um, I've always felt like super independent of systems of like, you know, just like traditional authority. Like I, just because of the way I grew up and my experiences and always kind of felt like let down by traditional systems. So I created a life that like always kind of, um, was built on the basis that those I couldn't really rely or trust on anyone. And that type of trauma is really serving me well right now. Um, however, you know, someone who has experienced, um, you know, a lot of like comfort within systems, or this is just one example, they could be in total panic like right now, like, holy shit, the discomfort of this is crazy. And if they're, they're out there, you know, telling people, a message um, that is very fear-based, we have to like take into consideration the filter and the lens that it's like coming through, right? And this even goes, um, this goes for our leaders, our leaders in politics, our leaders in business, like what filter are they looking at it through? Like Trump, 
Trump is like obviously a narcissist and he is like talking about like, we have the greatest plan ever for, you know, taking care of this. And this is a way for him to come in and like be a savior and pump his ego. Right. So I think it was a hoax, buddy. I don't understand how you have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's just really important to understand that every single person, the way they show up, they have their experience um, in the past that is going to modify how they show up around this you know, with me, like I'm, I feel like pretty solid right now. And it's because of my own lens, but my lens is not the same for someone else, you know? So it's really important that we, um, we acknowledge that when we're consuming content. Yeah. I wanted to just mention, um, for anyone listening, who's like, I think it's everybody. So I don't know. I'm going to reframe that. If you have struggled with addiction, deal with addiction, have an addiction right now, this can be an incredibly challenging time, especially if you are accustomed to going to meetings two or three times a week. So it's a huge adjustment for a lot of people. What I can say from my personal experience, and I'm saying this because I'm talking to myself too. So don't, I hope everyone listening doesn't think we're lecturing because I think we're just talking from like our own experience, but I'm saying this because it's difficult for me as well too right now. But I can say specifically, if you've ever dealt with like a major addiction, if you don't have a routine, it can totally fucking demolish your life. Oh yeah. Try to have some kind of routine. Get up and make your bed. Get up and do small things, clean, whatever the fuck it is in your house. Set up calls with people every day that are like maybe at the same time every day where you're just jumping on and like connecting with other people. Literally schedule them in your phone calendar. If you have some kind of routine or ritual in your day, that can really, really, really help carry you through this. Because if you don't, I'll tell you right now, that's the real fucking pandemic within yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, your world can like literally come crashing down and I can say that from my own experience like that was why I was like we need I need to do something with a collective of people I need to like put my focus into something because I know me and if I don't do that things don't are not very pretty you know so just for everybody who's like really struggling and like you're allowed to have your time where you're like you know sleeping a lot and like just anxious you're allowed to fucking do that you're allowed to be anxious and allowed to be not in the best space but if you can come to a point where you can get some kind of ritual going, I would highly fucking recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Also another, um, another tip that you gave in what you said about the ritual uh, that I think is an important thing too, is find ways to be of service. So Bianca, you said I had to put this meditation together because that like that level of service is going to keep me sane during this time. Right. So find ways to be of service. And there's so many meetings that have moved online too. Like there's, um, I mean, it's kind of awesome because like in Vancouver, you get to attend like the amazing LA online meetings, (laughs) which are so good. I didn't think about that. Oh yeah. You know where people can access those, Sean? Um, Yeah, I can send you a couple links that you can post if you want. But do you even know, like even right off the top of your head, like, yeah, if you go to like AA website or you can get um, there. Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, like they're typically posting um, their online meetings. Like okay. the different groups will post the links, but um, I've been receiving them through friends in LA and like 
um, the Toronto um, Love Addicts meeting that uh, we went to. They have an online meeting. Oh, such so, a good one. Oh. Yeah, so you can attend their meetings online. There's tons of resources and meetings online for people in addiction recovery. So utilize that stuff. Like, don't think just because you can't go in person, go. But it's like you said, you know, a lot of those, a lot of people who are used to going into face-to-face meetings, this is a really challenging time because like that connection piece was so, so important. So just look for ways, look for ways to find that if you can. And and just know that this is right now we're we're riding the wave of a challenging time and we have to honor that for ourselves and be gentle with ourselves and sleep if you have to sleep and know that there's other ways to regulate and soothe than you know the ways that cause pain in the past reach out you know go go to your your spiritual content consume that that's another thing too like one thing that's been so helpful for me is if I consume like a certain amount of time of Instagram content or any content that is talking about what's happening in this world, um, I make sure to consume the same amount of time, if not more time of spiritual content. So thanks for saying that. Cause I was thinking of that earlier. Like we do want to keep up with the news and keep up with what's going on. Yeah. Also, you cannot get consumed in it. You have to. No, have to, you no. have to balance that time with the, literally just being quiet or like yeah. whatever it is that you're doing. You know? Yeah, and get like the spiritual, um, the spiritual discourses on what's happening right now. I find to be so helpful. Like what? Just like you know, like Anand at Satba in India. Um, so he's a teacher. He's got an amazing video on YouTube about this time. Um, I've, I've been doing, um, online meditations with the self-realization fellowship, um, which have been really helpful. Um, who else have I been listening to? Um, Ama, I listen to like anyone who like, if you're new to kind of the spirituality world, just like look at, like if you look into like the yogic tradition um, or even like reading about quantum physics and like the quantum fields, um, that's really helpful too. <laughs> what I think that's been, I don't know this, it's so weird how this has all ha- happened. Just these so many different realizations that are aligning in the past five months for me, but it's it's also like, you know, you're anxious and you're feeling all these things, but it's like, I think we also rely on so many outside sources to like help fix us. Yeah. Like all of these things that you just mentioned are amazing tools and I use them as well too. But what I've really come to realize is that like, you have to self-initiate. You yeah. have to realize that like, you still need to be the one that's going to empower you. No one else can do that for you. You have, yeah. to, you have to, sometimes when you're feeling like that, you like have to force yourself sometimes. And like, yeah, when you force yourself a few days, the third day, you're like, okay, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I pushed myself to get out of bed and do that thing I really didn't want to do in that moment. Yeah. Because it will lead you somewhere. So I don't know why. why oh, yeah, that, that's right. It's like, I just feel like you have to also, at the end of the day, there's all these amazing tools, but you have to want to do it and you have to get yourself to do it. It's totally. mostly about like you being the initiator of whatever it is. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I love that. 
I agree. That's like, that's a main, that's the foundational ingredient. You have to be the initiator. But one thing I'm getting so much from some of the spiritual discourses is perspective. Um, and Anand, who I mentioned from Sattva in India, so interesting to listen to his talks lately and the language he's using. So when he talks about like the world we live in, he says this tiny blue dot. And I love that. It's like, oh yeah, we're just this tiny blue dot, right? And then when he's talking about people, he says our species. And I think it, the use of the word our species is so brilliant because it shows that like, what we're going through right now is above, it is above all separation. We're all in this. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have more money than someone else, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to be impacted. Yep. You know, this is, this is above, this is above gender. This is above race. This is above class. This is above it all right now. You know, and I love I'll say all the time how we want, we basically want to be equal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Sorry, yeah. I just had to interject this. What I what you're saying is exactly the. It was actually the first thing I thought of when this really started to sh hit the fan a week ago. Was like, we are so. I mean, I didn't feel this way, but this mainly the sentiment that you hear is like, you if you don't think we're all connected by now, I don't know yeah. what would make you yeah otherwise yeah, and that's a, such a beautiful perspective that you'll get from listening to spiritual content is the connectedness. Also, another thing too is like gaining perspective on some of the metrics of this, like the data, mm -hmm. um, and using this as an opportunity to have some more empathy so we can create some serious change where we're not like in this kind of state of like uncertainty. So what do you mean about the data though? Um, so like, you know, um, the, the death counts in Canada, and then you look at just in Vancouver, um, it wasn't last year, but the year before, maybe two years ago, within a few months, there was 700 deaths from fentanyl overdose, 700 deaths from fentanyl overdose in a few months. Yeah. That is way more than what we're seeing right now. Um, but the thing is, is we look at that in a way it was like, oh, that won't impact us. If it doesn't impact us, I don't care, out of sight, out of mind. Yep. You know, so I think um, part of our inventory that we should be doing right now is having the perspective about like how it feels right now, how this is scary, how this is painful. And what am I going to do to create change for the people that are experiencing this and being unseen outside of this pandemic time? Yeah, it's just we, we fail to acknowledge the fact that everything we do we do impacts everyone it doesn't yeah. impact you and your family it impacts yeah. everybody yeah so that's why this is happening so loud and clear like yeah. i don't know if that's sorry I, re, I rephrased that i don't know why this is happening we none, none of us know but the point is it's pointing to how you 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 think that you're living in your own world and i'm just worried about me and my family and everybody else that's not my problem no everything is our problem yeah like one action has a reaction which then affects the collective like this is this is very clear at this point and it's like that can be very confronting for some people who live their lives like this like just yeah. blinders on totally okay.
all of us, all of us in many different ways. Yeah. So, um, you know, I heard this interesting story about the Dalai Lama. I just want to share. Okay. Um, uh, so the Dalai Lama was being interviewed many years ago, and um, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but um, the Dalai Lama was basically kicked out of China, the Tibetan, or Tibet, China pushed the Tibetan people, the Buddhists out of Tibet, and they're just like, there's a pretty tumultuous history there. Mm -hmm. um, really, really painful history for the Tibetans and the Buddhists. And um, this guy was interviewing the Dalai Lama and he was like, you know, Buddhism seems to be so well known worldwide now. Why is that, do you think? And the Dalai Lama smiles and he says in like a very light um, way, kind of laughing, he's like, I have to thank China for that. Because if China didn't push them out, create all this pain and panic among the Tibetans and the Buddhists, um, the rest of the world may not know as much about Buddhism. So he was like really highlighting how this like dark, dark experience brought um, basically spread the light of Buddhism. And the way he said it, there was no, there was like absolutely no like China, I'm so mad. It was like, this is the gift of this really painful experience. There was like no, no disdain behind it. No, it was like this, this person is a truly healed, enlightened being um, who could see the gift of something so painful. Yeah. And it really reminds me of this time, like there is a gift in this and it's, it takes pain to somehow, sometimes get to the gift. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get through this because Anon says like the present moment is soon going to be the past, right? And we're not, we're not going to stay in this. So it's, we're going to change and we have to make the decision ourselves. Do we want to use this as an opportunity to um, grow or do we want to use this as an opportunity to stay, stay stuck in a traumatic past? Yeah. Yeah. And we all know what that means. You can just do it in a day. But I totally agree. Yeah. Maybe do you want to do a little meditation for our peeps really quickly now? Okay, so let's close our eyes if that feels comfortable for us. And let's take a deep inhale through the nose as slow as you possibly can. Let's exhale. I invite you to take another deep inhale through the nose. Really, really slow. And this time notice the cold breath coming in through the nostrils. Noticing the belly filling with air. And now exhale. 
notice as you exhale, your shoulders kind of sink in a little more. They relax. And take another deep inhale through the nose. Really strong inhale this time. And at the top of the inhale, I want you to squeeze all the muscles in your body as tight as you possibly can. Yeah, squeeze them really tight. Feel what that's like to squeeze and contract the muscles. Now I want you to exhale and I want you to release that tightness. Wow. Notice the contrast between the feeling of, of tightness and then the, the feeling of relaxing. Let's do that again. Let's take a deep inhale through the nose. And let's create tension in our entire body. Let's tighten all of our muscles, create a lot of tension. And then exhale loud, exhale through the mouth and release all that tension. And just notice the contrast. Acknowledge your ability to create tension and to let go of tension. topic of letting go think of something that's causing you some stress right now that is costing you too much it's living in your mind rent free this is something that you can't really control that you want to let go of Bring that worry into your thoughts, something that you can't control, that you want to surrender. I invite you to take this thought and put it into a white box. And take this white box to a flowing river and put that thought into the river and just see it float away, letting it go. Taking a deep inhale through the nose and exhaling, letting that go. Now that we've created some space, what is something that you want to bring into your consciousness? What is an affirmation of love, an affirmation of courage, or an affirmation of calm that you want to bring into your consciousness? Just 
just give yourself permission to invite that in. Deepen and lengthen the exhale. Imagine that prana, that oxygen, that life force coming in. Continuing the exhale, relaxing even more. Going back into the inhale. As you breathe in, imagine that breath, that prana to be your affirmation. And as you breathe in, you're breathing it into all of the cells of your body. Just noticing what's happening to your body as you do that. Noticing what's happening to your heartbeat as it may be slowing down, becoming more steady. Maybe your temperature is increasing slightly as you feel the warmth of the loving affirmation in all your cells. Breathe with that for a moment. I'm going to end this meditation by saying uh, the serenity prayer that some of you may know. You can repeat it after me if you would like. Universe, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. May you all be healthy and find peace at this time. When it's comfortable for you, I invite you back into the room, open your eyes, maybe look around your space and, and look at it from a beginner's mind. Look at your space with a deep appreciation and feelings of gratitude for where you're at.